Chapter 21 of Dread, A Tale of the Great Dismal Swamp by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by William Jones, Bonita Springs, Florida. Chapter 21 Tiff's Preparations. The announcement of the expected camp meeting produced a vast sensation at Canama, and other circles besides the hall. In the servants' department, everybody was full of the matter, from Aunt Katie down to Tom Tit. The women were thinking over their available finery, for these gatherings furnished the Negroes with the same opportunity of display that Grace Church does to the Broadway bells. And so, before old Tiff, who had brought the first intelligence to the plantation, had time to depart, Tom Tit had trumpeted the news through all the cluster of negro houses that skirted the right side of the mansion, proclaiming that there was gwine to be a camp meeting and tip-top work of grace, and Miss Nina was going to let all the niggers go. Old Tiff, therefore, found himself in a prominent position in a group of negro women, among whom Rose, the cook, was conspicuous. Law, Tiff, ye gwine, and gwine to take your children? Ha, 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 said she. Why, Miss Fanny, they'll tink Tiff's your mammy. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, ho, 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 roared in a chorus of laughter on all sides, doing honor to Aunt Rosie's wit. And Tom Tit, who hung upon the skirts of the crowd, threw up the fragment of a hat in the air, and kicked it in abandon of joy, regardless of the neglected dinner-knives. Old Tiff, mindful of dignities, never failed to propitiate Rose, on his advent to the plantation, with the gift which the wise man saith maketh friends. And on the present occasion he had enriched her own peculiar stock of domestic fowl by the present of a pair of young partridge chicks, a nest of which he had just captured, intending to bring them up by hand, as he did his children. By this discreet course, Tiff stood high, where it was of most vital consequence that he should so stand, and many a choice morsel did Rose cook for him in secret, besides imparting to him most invaluable recipes on the culture and raising of suckling babies. Old Hundred, like many other persons, felt that general attention lavished on any other celebrity was so much taken from his own merits, and therefore, on the present occasion, set regarding Tiff's evident popularity with a cynical eye. At last, coming up like a wicked fellow as he was, he launched his javelin at old Tiff by observing to his wife, I astonish at you, Rose, you cook to the Gordons, and making yourself so cheap, so familiar with the poor white folks' niggers. Had the slant fallen upon himself personally, old Tiff would probably have given a jolly crow, and laughed as heartily as he generally did, if he happened to be caught out in a rainstorm. But the reflection on his family connection fired him up like a torch, and his eyes flashed through his big spectacles like firelight through windows. You go long talking about what you don't know nothing about, 
I like to know what you knows about the old Virginia families. Them's the real old stock. You Carolina folks come from them stick and stock, every blessed one of you. The Gordons is a nice family. Ain't nothing to say again the Gordons. But where was you raised that you didn't hear about them Paytons? Why, old General Payton, didn't he used to ride with six black horses afore him, as if he had been a king? There wasn't one of them horses that hadn't a tail as long as my arm. You never seen no such critters in your life. I had, had I? said Old Hundred, now in his turn touched in a vital point. Bless me, if I hadn't seen the Gordons riding out there with their eight horses any time of day. Come, come now, there wasn't so many, said Rose, who had her own reasons for staying on Tiff's side. Nobody never rode with eight horses. Did, too. You say much more, I'll make sixteen on em for my blessed master. How these here old niggers will lie. They's always exaggerating their families. Makes the very hair raise on my head to hear these year old niggers talk that lie so, said old hundred. You think folks to take the line is using up your business, don't you? said Tiff. But I tell you, anyone that says a word against the Paytons got me to set in with. Laws, them children ain't Paytons, said old hundred. They's Cripses, and I like to know who ever hearn of the Cripses. Go away. Don't tell me nothing about them Cripses. They's poor white folks. A body may see that sticking out all over em. You shut up, said Tiff. I don't believe you was born on the Gordon Place, cause you ain't got no manners. I expect you some old second-hand nigger. Colonel Gordon must have took for a day at some time for some of these year mean Tennessee families that don't know how to keep their money when they gets it. Their niggers is allers the meanest kind, cause all the real Gordon niggers is ladies and gentlemen, every one of em, said old Tiff like a true orator, bent on carrying his audience along with him. A general shout chorused this compliment, and Tiff, under cover of the applause, shook up his reins and rode off in triumph. "'There now, you aggravating old nigger,' said Rose, turning to her bosom lord. "'I hope you're got it now, the plaguest old nigger that I ever see. And you, Tom!' Go long and clean your knives, if you don't mean to be cracked over. Meanwhile, Tiff, restored to his usual tranquility, ambled along homeward behind this one-eyed horse, singing, I'm bound for the land of Canaan, with some surprising variations. At last, Miss Fanny, as he constantly called her, interposed with a very pregnant question. Uncle Tiff, where is the land of Canaan? The Lord of mercy, child, that is what I'd like to know myself. Is it heaven? said Fanny. Well, I reckon so, said Tiff, dubiously. Is it where Ma is gone? said Fanny. Child, I reckon it is, said Tiff. Is it down underground? said Fanny. Why, no, no, honey, said Tiff, laughing heartily. 
What put that air in your head, Miss Fanny? Didn't Ma go that way, said Fanny, down through the ground? Lordy, no, child, heaven's up, said Tiff, pointing up to the intense blue sky, which appeared through the fringy hollows of the pine trees above them. Is there any stairs anywhere, or any ladder to get up by, said Fanny? Or do they walk to where the sky touches the ground and get up? Perhaps they climb up on the rainbow? I don't know, child, how they works it, said Uncle Tiff. They gets there somehow. I studying up on that air. I's gwine to camp meetin' to find out. I's been to plenty of dem air, and I never could quite see Claire. Pears like they talk about everything else more than they does about dad. There's the Methodists, they cuts up the Presbyterians, and the Presbyterians pitches into the Methodists, and then both of them down on the Episcopals. My old mist was Episcopal, and I never see no harm in it. And the Baptists think they ain't none of them right. And while they's all a blowin' out at each other that air way, I's a wonderin' where's the way to Canaan. It takes a mighty heap of learnin' to know about these ere things, and I ain't got no learnin'. I don't know nothin', only the Lord. He peered to your ma, and he knows the way, and he took her. But now, child, I's gwine to fix you up right smart and take you, Teddy, and the baby to this year camp meeting, so you can seek the Lord in your youth. Tiff, if you please, I'd rather not go, said Fanny in an apprehensive tone. Oh, bless the Lord, Miss Fanny, why not? First-rate time's there. Oh, there'll be too many people. I don't want them to see us. The fact was that Rose's slant speech about Tiff's maternal relationship united with the sneers of old hundred had their effect upon fanny's mind naturally proud and fearful of ridicule she shrank from the public display which would thus be made of their family condition yet she would not for the world have betrayed to her kind old friend the real reason of her hesitation but old tiff's keen eye had noticed the expression of the child's countenance at the time if anybody supposes that the faithful old preacher's heart was at all wounded by the perception, they were greatly mistaken. To Tiff, it appeared a joke of the very richest quality, and as he had rode along in silence for some time, he indulged himself in one of his quiet, long laughs, actually shaking his old sides till the tears streamed down his cheek. "'What's the matter with you, Tiff?' said Fanny. "'Oh, Miss Fanny, Tiff knows. Tiff knows the reason you don't want to go to the camp meeting. Tiff's seen it in your face. Yo -ho -ho -ho. Oh, Miss Fanny, is you afraid they'll take old Tiff for your mammy? Yo -ho -ho -ho. For your mammy? And Teddy's and the babies, bless his little soul.' And the amphibious old creature rollicked over the idea with infinite merriment don't i look like it miss fanny lord you poor dear lamb can't folks see you're a born lady with your white little hands don't you be feared miss fanny 
oh i know it's silly said fanny but besides i don't like to be called poor white folksy oh child it's only them mean niggers miss niner's allus good to you ain't she speaks to you so handsome you must memorize that air miss fanny and talk like miss niner i's feared now your mom's dead you'll fall into some of my nigger ways of talking remember you mustn't talk like old tiff cause young ladies and gentlemen mustn't talk like niggers now i says this and that this year and that air that air is nigger talk and poor white folksy too only the poor white folks stays miserable cause niggers knows what's a good talk and they doesn't lord child old tiff knows what good talk is ain't he heard the greatest ladies and gentlemen in the land talk but he don't want the trouble to talk that air way cause he's a nigger tiff likes his own talk it's good enough for tiff tiff's talk serves him mighty well i tell yer but then white children mustn't talk so now you see miss nina has got the prettiest way of saying her words they drops out one after another one after another so pretty now you mind cause she's coming to see us off and on oh she promised so and then you keep a good luck out how she walks and how she holds her pocket handkerchief and when she sits down she kind of gives a little flirt to her clothes so they all set out round her like ruffles these ere little ways ladies have why these ere poor white folks did you ever mind their sitting down why they just slaps down into a chair like a spoonful of mush and their clothes all stick tight about em i don't want nothing poor white folksy about you then if you don't understand what people's a saying to you any time you mustn't stare like poor white children and say what but you must say i beg pardon sir or i beg pardon ma'am that air's the way and miss fanny you and teddy you must study your books cause if you can't read then they'll be sure to say you're poor white folks and then miss fanny you see that ladies don't demean themselves with sweeping and scrubbing and them things and yet they does work honey they sews and they knits and it would be good for you to learn how to sew and knit cause you know i can allers make up all your clothes cause you see young ladies have ways with em that niggers can't get now you see miss fanny all these here things i was telling you you must observe now you see if you was one of these here poor white folks there'd be no use o your trying cause that air scription of people couldn't never be ladies if they was wearing themselves out a trying but you see you's got it in you you was born with it honey it's in the blood and what's in the blood must come out ho 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 and with this final laugh tiff drew up to his dwelling a busy day was before old tiff for he was to set his house in order for a week's campaign there was his corn to be hoed his parsley to be weeded and there was his orphan family of young partridges to be cared for and tiff 
after some considerable consideration, resolved to take them along with him in a basket, thinking in the intervals of devotion he should have an abundant opportunity to minister to their wants and superintend their education. Then he went to one of his favorite springes, and brought from thence not a fatted calf, to be sure, but a fatted coon, which he intended to take with him to serve as the basis of a savory stew on the campground. Tiff had a thriving company of pot-herbs and a flourishing young colony of onions, so that, whatever might be true of the sermons, it was evident that the stew would lack no savor. Teddy's clothes also were to be passed in review, washing and ironing to be done. The baby fitted up to do honor to his name, or rather to the name of his grandfather. With all these cares upon his mind, the old creature was even more than usually alert. The day was warm, and he resolved, therefore, to perform his washing operations in the magnificent kitchen of nature. He accordingly kindled a splendid bonfire, which was soon crackling at a short distance from the house, slung over it his kettle, and proceeded to some other necessary avocations. The pine wood, which had been imperfectly seasoned, served him the ungracious trick that pine wood is apt to do. It crackled and roared merrily while he was present, but while he was down examining his traps in the woods, went entirely out, leaving only the blackened sticks. "'Uncle Tiff,' said Teddy, "'the fire is all gone out.' "'Ho, ho, ho! Has it?' said Tiff, coming up. "'Curious enough. Well, bless the Lord, got all the wood left anyway.' "'Had a real bright fire beside,' said Tiff, intent on upholding the sunniest side of things. "'Lord, it's the sun that puts the fire out of countenance. Did you ever see fire that wouldn't go out when the sun's shining right in his face? That air is a curious fact. I's minded to heaps of times. Well, I'll just have to come out with my light wood kindlings, that's all.' Bless the Lord, ho, 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 said Tiff, laughing to himself. If these here ain't the very spirit of the camp-meeting professors, they blazes away at the camp-meeting, and then they's black all the year round. See em in the camp-meetings, you'd say they were gwine right into the kingdom, sure enough. Well, Lord have mercy on us all, cause our legions dreadful poor stuff we don't know but a desperate little and what we does know we don't do the good master above must have his hands full with us end of chapter twenty one tiff's preparations